On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the Texans offense stinks. <laughs> Cody and I recap the 27-14 loss against the Deshaun Watson-led Cleveland Browns. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday recap edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. The Houston Texans lost to the Cleveland Browns, as mentioned, that featured Deshaun Watson in his first game back. Kyle Allen, 201 yards in the air, one late touchdown, two interceptions. Damian Pierce with a bounce back game, 18 carries for 73 yards, three catches for 22 yards. The first rookie this season to have over 1,000 yards from the line of scrimmage. Shout out to DP, man. The last couple of games, a combined 16 yards. In that first quarter alone, I believe he had 49. Mm-hmm. And I'm mentioning that he had 49 in the first quarter in the game <laughs> with 73 total. Oh, my god, Guys, I know 27 points was put on the board, but – the Texans played the best defensive game of the year. Houston didn't allow in an offensive touchdown on the day. In Watson's return back to the NFL, the Texans sacked Watson once, was constantly in his face, giving him some pressure, and held him to a 28.6 QBR and a 54 completion percentage. Texans held Amari Cooper to 40 yards on the day. Coming into the game, Amari Cooper was averaging 13.5 yards in his last two outings. And I do want to mention offensively, the Houston Texans was one of 13, uh, one of 12, excuse me, on third downs. The third down woes continue to be an issue for the Houston Texans offensively. So, you know, what was the issue on Sunday? Uh, Well, for the first time in Texans history, they lost a game in which they did not give up an offensive touchdown. Why? Uh, Well, I'll tell you guys why. Offensively, the offense stanked on Sunday. (laughs) It was terrible. Ball security was an issue for Houston in that game. Not maximizing opportunities, getting down to the one-yard line and not giving the ball to your bell cop. Like, the offense stunk on Sunday. (laughs) Cody, please take it away. After two games, John, with five games left, the Texans, they'd be better off going back to Davis Mills. As I said last week, I'm going to repeat it again today. There's a reason why Kyle Allen is the backup quarterback for the Houston Texans. Plain and simple, John, when you go back and you take a look at this game, which I'm not sure nobody will, um, the Texans once again failed the defense. And look, 
I was actually expecting the Houston Texans to have a very bad game on the offensive side of the ball because not only did they go into this game with a backup quarterback as a starter, but arguably their best offensive weapon, Brandon Cooks, just randomly <laughs> appeared on the Texans injury report Friday afternoon with a hamstring injury. He wasn't listed as questionable. He wasn't listed as doubtful. He wasn't listed as probable. He was completely listed as out. And I'm not going to lie, nothing looked wrong with his hamstring at the end of the game when he walked on the field, dapped Deshaun Watson, and did a jersey exchange between him, Laramie Tunsil, and Titus Howard. But, John, you, you know – like I mentioned, without Brandon Cooks, I mean, that is arguably, I, I say your second best offensive weapon with no disrespect to Damian Pierce, but Chris Moore led this team in receiving yards for the wide receiving groups with um, 46. Brevin Jordan, I do want to mention, did, came, did come out and have a really solid game. However, him getting play time was a little bit concerning only because O.J. Howard was a healthy scratch. And nobody knows why. And that is a little bit more concerning because once again, you're looking at a guy that's been pretty productive for the Houston Texans this season, be a healthy scratch. There's really nothing you can say about this team offensively, but I do want to point this out. Say what you want about Coach Lovey Smith, but this was the first time that I truly felt bad for Coach. Because his mannerism, the way he addressed everybody during the post-game press conference, he was down. Just, just, just take a listen to what he had to say about how disappointed he was in this team's offense. You know, we understand, you know, amount of tension that it got. Um, but once all that kind of leaves a little bit, it normally comes down to what most games come down to. You know, one statistic that kind of tells the, the uh, you know, the story of a game is the turnover ratio. And, um, you know, whenever you talk about non-offensive touchdowns, you give up three. I mean, that's going to be tough to win. Uh, so offensively, got to protect the ball better. We had some opportunities down in the red zone, weren't able to cash in. We as coaches got to do a better job. And, of course, uh, you know, player-wise, uh, again, offense became way many games playing like that. Special team-wise, um, you know, we, we played great special teams throughout the year. And uh, today, you know, we can't give up a long punt return. We had a lot of missed tackles on that punt return. And, of course, we got to protect the ball better when we have it down there that led to three more points. So if you play that way offensively and special team-wise, it is going to be tough. To truly understand how bad the Houston Texans were on the offensive side of the ball, the Houston Texans recorded four turnovers in this game. Kyle Allen accounted for three. And there was a moment where I do believe the Texans could have at least made this game a little bit more competitive. They got all the way down to the red zone, and they did not have an opportunity to score on third and one. Later on, it was fourth and one. Yeah. John I know you're going to take it away, but I truly do believe that this team would have been at least a little bit more competitive had they just had Davis Mills under center and not Kyle Allen. I'm going to address that as well, but you know, there's a law, right? We've been in school, we, we've been in school, you know, our entire lives, and we've heard of this law. There's a law mm -hmm. that states 
Energy can neither be created nor destroyed, mm -hmm. only converted from one form of energy to another. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, the Texans proved that law to be false after centuries <laughs> because I'm sitting here and I'm watching this defense play outstanding football the best of all year, right? No, I, I will agree it. to that. I will agree to that. Quarters. It wasn't a quarter here. It wasn't a quarter there. It wasn't a half. It all four quarters, this Texans defense kept this team in the game, right? And I'm thinking to myself, eventually this energy will transfer over to the offensive side of the ball. Hopefully this energy translates to play calling and a side of getting down to the one-yard line. And again, how do you not give Damian Pierce the ball when you are in the fourth? In 31 situations, I don't understand that. So outside of that, this Texas offensive energy got worse. Throughout the entire year, I'm on record by saying that the offensive woes has been 70-30, Davis Mills, Pep Hamilton. With Davis Mills taking 70% of that share. Well, of the blame. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm one of those guys that don't have a problem admitting when I was wrong. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, I, no, this this going, team is I, still not talented on I the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to hear it. What I saw from Pep Hamilton on Sunday when your head coach is out there coaching for his job, that you, I saw the defensive players have energy. And unfortunately, that energy was never translated, transitioned over to the offense where it didn't seem like at any point of the game, especially outside of the first quarter, that this offensive the offensive players wanted to be on the ball. I'm sorry. It was inexcusable for Beth Hamilton not to give the Damian Pierce the ball. At that point, you go up two scores. It was inexcusable for some of the play calling situations that, that he was in. Now, I'm not talking about the first and 30. You guys will complain about that a lot on Twitter, or, and I'm like – not a lot of playbooks have first and 30 plays in them. <laughs> but outside of those moments, guys, I'm looking at this team, and what make matters worse, Pep Hamilton and his offense came out aggressively when the game first started. Let's not forget that. We can look at the interception at the beginning of the game with Tegan Quatoriano. The ball got away from him after a good effort. He tried to bring it in, and the Browns picked it off, right? But in the beginning of the game, a lot of pre-snap motion to try to open up this offense and exploit um, a Browns defense and matchups when the Browns defense hasn't been good this year, by the way. Um, you look at the fake, then Allen gets the ball back. Kyle Allen gets the ball back, and he hits Brevin Jordan, right? Like, they came out very aggressive in the first quarter. A total of 110 yards in the first quarter, five first downs. Cody, by the end of the second quarter, by the halftime, you want to know where that was at? <laughs> 52 ahead. yards in the second quarter. <laughs> 52 <laughs> offensive yards in the second quarter. And I do place a lot of that blame on Pep Hamilton and his lack of aggressiveness against this Browns defense. But, uh, By the way, wait a minute. By the way, isn't good. Your offensive ta your tackles are playing outstanding football, Titus Howard and Larry Tunsil, making sure that Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney don't disrupt the game, 
right? Your offensive guards, whether it was Justin McCray, who got some time on yesterday, Keyon Green, the rookie, who looked better, um, A.J. McCann, who looked better. The offensive line played well. They were able to get a push. What happened? And again, so, regardless of what you say, it's inexcusable to get to the third and fourth and one and not give Damian Pierce the ball. I will give you that. I will give you that. I'm frustrated about that as well, John. But there is only so much Pep Hamilton can do when his offense is terrible. It's not a talented team. Like, so you telling me it's it's Pep Hamilton's fault that Kyle Allen missed several wide open opportunities to connect with a wide receiver down the field. Are you telling me that it's 100% Pep Hamilton's fault that the Houston Texans ended this game with third down efficiency? By the way, they already been the worst third down efficiency team of the season, but the fact that they ended this game one for 12 on third down efficiency with this team. 100% of the blame on Pep Hamilton. But if you go back and look at some of those third down opportunities, the play calling was abysmal. Right. And again, the energy never transferred because throughout the game, the lack of aggression started to show each and every quarter. It goes down. And I just mentioned. And the, every the single one of those quarters, Kyle went. Allen's play in production went down. In the second half, he was terrible. The first quarter, he was decent. Second quarter, it was subpar. But the third and fourth quarter, it was terrible. I'm not taking up for Pep Hamilton. I'm not a Pep Hamilton fan, but I just personally think it's unfair to scrutinize this man when he do not have a talent offense. Your best wide receiver on Sunday was Chris Moore because your quarterback could not connect with Nico Collins. Who, by the way, Kyle Allen was terrible. We missed Nico Collins had eight targets, and I think my point is exactly. So is that Pep Hamilton' fault too? I'm not placing 100 of the blame on Pep Hamilton, but what I am, we look at those third down situations, those play calling opportunities for Houston was not good. This was a game where this team was in it all the way up into the fourth quarter when it was not in it anymore. When we look at Pep Hamilton, and if we look specifically at this game, I'm not looking at the rest of the season. I'm talking about on Sunday against the Browns. His decision-making as a play caller was more than questionable and at times inexcusable. I know a lot of Houston Texan fans out there want to kind of maybe have a drink or two or three or four or five and just forget about the game. Well, this holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find your favorite single barrel bourbon or a perfect gift for everyone on your list with some help excuse me, with some help from a friendly guide, all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. You'll love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Make sure you're 21 years older. Also, guys, Locked On Texan listeners, here at the Locked On Texan show, we believe your home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on text and listeners 40% off a new home security system. Outside of the 40% off, let me let me, guys, let me tell you guys what else Simply Safe is good at. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. 
for a third year in a row. Also, in an emergency, Simply Safe provides 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast tech technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if the threat to your home is real so you can get a higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Uh, yeah, I just seen a high hash from the O-lineman play action, and uh, I had a crosser coming across my face, so kind of tried to, you know, hold on that a little bit and then break when the ball was thrown. Yeah, it felt real good. You know, interceptions in this league are hard to come by. You know, a lot of great quarterbacks, so, you know, I was blessed to get one today. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. And what you guys just saw, what you guys just heard, that was Jalen Peachy recording his Third career interception. The Rook. What ha- which happens to be against Deshaun Watson. I, one of my favorite Twitter jokes, it was like, Deshaun must have had a flashback moment, and all he saw was that battle blue Texans jersey. He just automatically <laughs> threw it to him. That was by far my favorite um, tweet in those Texans Twitter I, I do want to say, on the interception, Jalen Petrie did a very good job. Um, and I think I read something where they put him back and allow him to play free safety now in the last couple mm-hmm. of games. I think he was that strong, but uh, on that play, Petrie did a very good job of not falling for the crosser, man, and, and played his own very good. And Deshaun Watson threw it right to him, but hmm. kudos to Petrie for uh, just what a veteran type of play. Exactly. Once again, this was Petrie's best game since what the the, the win against Jacksonville, maybe yeah, because he's been he, yeah. he's been struggling over the last couple of weeks. But you know, the, I was so happy to see Jalen Petrie to finally get an interception, especially knowing that over the last couple of weeks when he was struggling, he had several where he just dropped them, but. At the end of the day, man, kudos to this defense. I do want to apologize to the Houston Texans because John. On Friday's show, I kind of mocked them because Miles Smith, Lovey Smith, both of those guys all throughout last week talked about the improvements that they made at Stop of the Run. I came on this show mocking them because I was like, oh, you really didn't make that much improvements because when you take a look at the game against the Washington Commanders and you take a take a look at the game against the Miami Dolphins, I mean, those two teams were able to beat you with their passing attack. It wasn't really relying on their rushing attack. And I came on this show and I said that Nick Chubb was going to end the game with over 100 yards, over 100 yards. But he ended the game with 80. Yes, the Cleveland Browns did have an opportunity to record 174 on the ground, but this Texans defense had the best performance of the season. Not only did they good did a good job containing a run, slowing down Nick Chubb, but they also did a pretty decent job at containing Deshaun Watson. There were several moments where Watson was trying to be the Deshaun Watson that we knew and loved here in the city of Houston, but he didn't really have an opportunity to do so because the defense stayed in his face. After the game, Deshaun Watson talked about how um, he had an opportunity to talk to the Houston Texans defense, and they said Lovey Smith wanted to throw a lot of different coverages at him to keep him on his heels. Yeah, man, when I looked at this Texan defense, I, I want to, you know, because I thought the offense came out doing it as well, but um, they this was the first time where it seemed like this team overall had pregame adjustments. Mm-hmm. 
to combat what the opposing team was going to throw at them in terms of when you walk into a game, uh, you, you go through all week and you look at some of the things that you're preparing for a team for. This was the first time where it seemed like throughout the game and, and especially in the first uh, in the first half, th- this Texan team came out with some pregame adjustments, and I was proud to see that. And I thought the offense did as well um, when they came out in the first couple of drives trying to attack this team differently. But for the defense, man, you know, I just thought that they weren't trying to, you know, like Miles Smith mentioned last week, they're not going to change their approach. They're going to stick to the things that they've been doing and improve on some of the things that they've been doing, right? And I think this was the best defensive line game we've seen uh, outside of Jerry Hughes and the amazing season he's been having. But for the interior defensive line, this is a good game for Malik Collins. This is a good game for, you know, Mario Addison, who was, you know, able to get in and in and out the face of Deshaun Watson and, you know, make some plays. Um, I thought that they was working smarter and not harder, and they didn't try to beat this team head-to-head, right? Like, this, this wasn't a game where they just wanted to overpower somebody off their shield, talent, and will. Um, and I and I was it was good to see the Texans do that, right? I, I I don't I can't recall too many games this year where it felt like they came out with adjustments the moment they got to the field because of what they were seeing and what they were not seeing throughout the week at practice and going through film. Um, and Cody, you mentioned it, man. You know, this was a game that Lovey Smith really wanted to win. <laughs> you know, he he was here last year with the turmoil with Deshaun Watson not wanting to play and everything that came with that. Um, so to see that team go out there and not allow an offensive touchdown. Hmm. And again, this is against a team that has Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb can, Nick Chubb can smell the end zone from a hundred yards away and he can get in there. They didn't allow him to go crazy. And like Cody mentioned guys, yeah, they gave up 174 yards, but there is not one area of the Browns offense that completely beat this Houston Texan team. It wasn't one player. It wasn't one play. Excuse me. It wasn't one series. There wasn't one thing that the Browns came out and just dominated the Houston Texan with. And this is a team that the Derrick Henry game, uh, Saquon, uh, uh, you know, like how many games this year, the Herbert game where the backup running back comes in and he rushes for over hundred yards. Like that has happened with the Houston Texans this year, but not this year. And I do want to let you guys know that the Houston Texans did hold the Cleveland Browns to four of 13 on third down. So um, while the offense was bad on on third down situations and just totally bad throughout the day, 27 points came from special teams and defensive touchdowns. That's wild. (laughs) The defense, again, I, I thought they had a very good day. Yeah, they did. And John, I I just want to touch on this really quick before moving on. I love the fact that you talked about, you know, finally seeing this team make adjustments. Like I just told you guys, um, Deshaun Watson mentioned in his postgame press conference that he talked to a lot of guys and they said that Lovey Smith wanted to throw a lot at him. So that lets you know that Lovey Smith, his coaching staff and his defense made a lot of adjustments to be better for this Sunday. My only issue about that is why did it have to take this long? Well, this is week 13. Let's we let, and, and, and again, guys, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think throughout this week, if it doesn't happen, 
Uh, by the time you guys hear this show, Cody and I will discuss whether or not Pep Hamilton should be gone uh, before the next game or before the end of the season. Cody and I will we only got discuss, five more left. <laughs> uh, and again, we'll, we'll we'll discuss all of that. And I think that's another good question that you bring up. Why wasn't some of this energy and or adjustments was out there? You guys got to remember, Cody, you too. They're playing a starting quarterback that hadn't played in two years, 700 days. And Deshaun looked every bit of rusty, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and again, when we talked last week, when we talked about Miles Smith's comments on we're not going to change our approach, what did I say? Why Why should you? This isn't a quarterback that you have 2022 film on. To get film on Deshaun Watson, you got to go back to two seasons ago. That you shouldn't change your approach. And and again, the defensive front, defensive front play, outstanding football, uh, holding Amari Cooper to 40 yards when he's been mm-hmm. on the tear, right? And without Derek Stingley, right? Uh, Desmond King, who had a great day as a special teammate and a corner, like they didn't have to make many adjustments coming into this game because they were going up against a quarterback that needed some DW40, a rusty quarterback. It is what it is. And I was proud of that defense for the performance that they put out there. And they you can tell they wanted, at the very least, to give that game, of all games, win that game for not only for Lovey Smith, but maybe for some of the fans who have been here throughout the, 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 the BS that this franchise has been going through. I don't know about y'all, but I made some money on Sunday. Went over to the prize pick app, picked a few players, made my over-unders. And boy, did I hit big. And it's easy. You can pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you bet on whether it's going to be more or less, the over or the under, you can win 10 times your money on any entry if you hit. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Get creative. Make a group chat. Get you and your buddies all in that group chat. And all of y'all can give advice to who you think is going to get more or less on what versus whichever opponent out there. The best part about prize picks, the NFL is in season. The NBA is in season. Golf is in season. College football is in season. Men's and women college basketball is in season. And all of those sports are available to bet on with prize picks. Entry can be made, entries can be made, excuse me, in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states, including and Canada. Download the PrizePick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a long road. Uh, you know, it's kind of from you know, being traded. Like I mentioned before, you know, it's, it's still part of me. It's part of my legacy. I got, I got down through a lot of ups and downs uh, with this organization. And, you know, being traded is tough, but, you know, the business 
decision had to happen. So leading to that and being my first game back here in Houston was, was tough, you know, walking into the stadium, you know, on the opposite side of the, of the stadium and locker room, it, it was different because I didn't know exactly how those guys get ready for games and how they do the pregame and talk and So it was a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of just kind of, you know, just trying to keep everything in. Uh, one, a lot of guys that's on the defense and on the offense. So, uh, you know, it was tough, but at the same time, it was very exciting to be able to just get my feet wet and just be able to just run around and take some hits and, you know, just see everything kind of happen for speed. That was former Houston Texans quarterback, now Cleveland Brown quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And, John, you already alluded to it, man. Deshaun Watson looked rusty, which was expected. I mean, yesterday marked 700 days since his last regular season performance that came on January 3rd, 2021, when the Houston Texans closed out their 2021 campaign against the Tennessee Titans in a 41 30 38 loss. Um, Deshaun Watson on the day, 131 yards, one interception. He rushed for 21 yards on seven carries. Um, it felt weird. I'm not going to lie to you. It felt weird looking at Deshaun Watson live inside NRG Stadium um, playing for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the atmosphere, I'm not going to lie Trash. to you. It, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit dis disappointing, you know. Trash. I thought I, I, I thought more people was going to get out to that game, man. Eh? Yeah, people I did, too. For like $31, 30 minutes before the game. I thought it was going to be packed, sold out. Yeah. I mean, th Trash. this was the best. Like, to understand how bad the Houston Texans season has been, like, the the, the this was the most fans that the Texans had inside their building. I want to say – over the last two seasons and even when you take a look at the fans that was there you you still saw empty seats but you know overall you know at the end of the day man it's just sad to see what the houston texans have become um especially when you take a look at the phenomenal talent that they lost you know i mean we say they here a lot on this show beyond deshaun watson and jj and d hop i mean even the important guys like dj reader i mean justin reed you see what he's doing in kansas city now like it's just so sad it was just another reminder of just understanding how bad this franchise has fallen and this is their 20th season and as of right now, they're going up against next week. They'll be going up against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best teams in the league, unfortunately. And they're entering Dallas with a 110 and one record. Yeah, man. Deshaun hugged Cal McNair when he came out. That Cal wasn't McNair. no hug. That was not Hannah, a hug. McNair gave him the cold shoulder. Um, you had a lot of fans out in the parking lot tailgate and they had a lot of creative ways to in so many words say screw you number four with mm -hmm. so many appropriate and I would say some inappropriate stuff that they had going on out there. Uh, I thought this as I mentioned I thought this was a game where fans will come out and the the, the energy in the building at the NRG would, would be more electrifying and it wasn't. Uh, I thought this was a game where you know, I I don't know, man, but I think that this is the final until the, they play the Texans again. To play the scar, I'm sorry, the Browns played the Texans again. We finally don't have to talk about this anymore. Know, and right? the worst part about losing that game on Sunday is <laughs> the the Texans now uh, have a worse pick 
from the Browns because they won. <laughs> Uh, they allowed the Browns to win their game. Thank you guys for checking out today's oh, episode of the Locked On Texans. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. But above all, subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Shout out to Titus Howard and Larry Tunsil and Brandon Cooks and, you know, all them guys. Hey, man, Titus Howard. Titus Howard told y'all what it was last week. You know, that's my boy. <laughs> They did like the and, and I don't even know how Brandon Cooks can do a jersey exchange and he had no jersey on. Uh, I don't know if he just tried to sign Windbreaker or what, but you know, shout out to them boys, man. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Well, eventually, you know, you, we got to have some production on the offensive side. We got to score points. I mean, you're right; it's good. We we're in it, holding them, taking the ball away. Uh, you know, defense—that's what we've been stressing a lot. We got to get off offense more opportunities in favorable situations. But we we got to when we get down in the red zone. I mean, we had opportunities today. We got to be able to convert some kind of way.